That is amazing. Not just how beautifully um, they sang the song, but the truth of that song. We get to know Jesus Christ. We get to know the Son of God. We get to know our Creator in a personal way. What a blessing. What an amazing fact. And um, I want to thank you, praise team, as you, as you go to your seats. Thank you so much for, le- for leading us in that time of worship, for all the work that you put in beforehand, for taping it in case it rained, and, and all those kind of things. We really appreciate you. Let's let them know how much we appreciate them. And that, this, uh, this clap also goes to our tech team as well, and, and all those who helped set up all the cameras, and, and some of the guys are, are working down in the sound booth down there, some of the guys are up here, and, and we just appreciate all the work that everybody does, and our greeters, and, and parking attendants, and everybody who helped make this possible out here. But you know, we can thank all the different people, but then it comes down to, as Ron Hagler mentioned, um, we thank God for this. We thank God for providing us this place, and for calling us out of this world, a world that's, that's going on as if nothing ever happened, as if, he, as if God didn't exist or didn't do anything. And here we are this morning as his called people, recognizing that he did make us, that he did save us through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and that we have the privilege, the honor, the responsibility to lift up his name in praise in everything that we do, but especially when we gather together on the first day of the week to remember that we have a risen Savior. Please turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians 2 this morning, as we uh, celebrate the Lord on this Labor Day weekend. Ephesians chapter 2, starting with the first verse. Paul, the apostle, writing to uh, believers in Christ, like many of us here this morning, who, who have trusted Christ. And he, makes this, he gives them this description of themselves and of us who believe Christ. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. As for you, believers in Christ, <clears throat> you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. 
For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this, not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Praise God. Did you hear that? Now, there was a lot there. First, did you hear where you used to be or where you are now if you haven't put your trust in Christ? Dead in transgressions and sins. Caught up in all of the slavery of this world to the things of our flesh. Things that that sometimes we still fall back into even as believers. And then we remember, even as believers, when we sin, we remember what God has said that because of the work that he's done in us, because of our faith, because as we talked about last week, the Holy Spirit of God lives in us from that moment we put our trust in him, that we can be restored to him in that fellowship with him immediately, even after we fall back into these ways of our old nature. We can immediately be restored by confessing our sins, as, as John put it in First John. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that immediately restores our fellowship with the Father. You see, as a, when a believer sins, they don't lose their salvation, but they lose their fellowship with God. And immediately in confession, as we confess those sins, and many of us were confessing sins even this morning as we were singing these songs of praise. How many times as we're singing, singing songs of praise does God convict us of things that we've thought or things that we've done or attitudes that we've had that don't conform to the image of his son. And even as we're singing praise, in our hearts we're confessing our sins and being restored again to that fellowship. Even now, as I mentioned it, some of you are confessing your sins because you've, you've thought of them as we were singing or you thought of them as we were reading this passage. You thought, hey, that sounds too much like me right now instead of the way I used to be. And we confess those sins. Praise God that we're saved by His grace and not by our works. And here on Labor Day weekend, I want us to think about that for a little bit. Think about the fact that it is not by working that we are saved. It is not by trying to live up to God's high standard. It's not by trying to follow all the rules of His of his word, of his law, and of his gospel. But we are saved by his grace. And remember, whenever you hear that word grace, remember what it means. Remember what it stands for. Remember what it represents. It equals gift. Grace is gift. And you know what a gift is. A gift is something that costs somebody else something But the recipient pays nothing. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is this, that he paid for it. He paid for our eternal life. He paid for the forgiveness of our sins. And he offers those things to us as a gift, grace. No charge. No payback. If there's a charge of any kind, if there's payback of any kind, then it's not a gift. We earned it. But because we were dead in our transgressions and our sins, 
we could not earn it. We proved that by our sins. We proved that by our falling into, into rebellion against God. But by his mercy, and here's the other side of God's love. Grace is one side of it. The other side of it is his mercy. You remember what mercy is? Mercy is us deserving God's judgment, not receiving it. All of you parents and grandparents, you understand mercy a lot better than your kids do. Because you've extended mercy to them over and over again, and they don't realize it yet. They'll realize that when they have their own. That they aren't receiving the full power of the judgment that should come down on them for their disobedience. But by mercy, you withhold from from them some of that which they deserve. They don't get it yet, but you're painting the picture of God's mercy for us when you do that. By God's mercy, he sent his son, the Lord Jesus. He was merciful to us, not putting on us what we deserve for our sins, but laying that on Jesus instead, the one who paid the price for our gift. And he took upon himself when he died on the cross all of our sins and all the sins of the world that everybody who believes in him can have their sins forgiven immediately. Never to have to pay the price. Never to have to be paid the wages of those sins, which is death. But to receive from him the gift of God, which is eternal life in Jesus Christ. And he does all of that for us for a purpose. And some of us are fulfilling part of that purpose here this morning. He says in verse 10, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Do you see his salvation, his his gift of forgiveness and of salvation, of eternal life, is not just something nice he did for us. But as he did that for us, he then enables us to live our lives as his workmanship, living life for his glory so that others may also see the gift that we've received, see the mercy that he's extended to us, and they themselves can also find that forgiveness in Christ they themselves can also find that assurance and that guarantee of eternal life. And then they also will spend the rest of their lives honoring and worshiping and serving God, doing the good works that he's prepared in advance for us to do. So that's the kind of labor I want to talk about this morning for these few minutes. The kind of labor that we do after we've been saved. Because it's very important for us to understand, even though we are God's workmanship and we're created in Christ Jesus to do good works, those good works are not the things that save us. We have to remember that. Even those who have been saved, even those who have been forgiven, sometimes fall back into that way of thinking 
that, oh no, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, because I've got to please God. Now we have to remember, the way that we please God is by believing in Jesus. Remember that. That is the foundation for all of us to please God. That we believe in His Son. You see, He loved us so much that He put that great plan of salvation together. And He is most honored by us and most pleased in us when we simply agree with Him and believe in Jesus Christ. It sounds so simple, and it is. But that is what we rest in. That is where our salvation is found, all in Jesus Christ. And it's only once we put our trust in Him, it's only once we have pleased God by believing in Jesus that we can then live our lives to the standard that He's created us as His workmanship to live our lives, to do the, the good work that He's allowed us and called us to do as he's prepared it in advance for us to do it. And in that statement, he gives us great peace. You see, we don't have to, we don't have to go around trying to figure out what good thing we need to do for God. He's promised here that he has prepared it for us. And, and we will find it in every aspect of our lives. We will find the good works that we can do for His glory in everything that we're doing in our lives. If we can't, then those are some things that we shouldn't be doing in our lives. Because He created us to do these good works. He's prepared them. He is the, he's the Lord of our lives. He's the Master He's the sovereign one. He's in charge of us, and he knows exactly how he wants us to spend our days and exactly what he wants us to do with our time. And here he clearly lets us know that it's to work. Oh, not the kind of work that we're celebrating um, on Labor Day. As I mentioned to the kids, you know, Labor Day is really a, cel- a celebration of, of and, and there's some bad aspects to this, you know, there was a lot of corruption, a lot of politics, and all that kind of stuff in the, in the labor union movement. But there were also some people with some really great hearts that really cared about people, and they did their work within that system and accomplished great things, and we're recipients of it today. And again, it's not perfect. But that's not the only kind of work that we're talking about. Now, certainly, we can do our good works for Christ as we do our jobs, that's one, of the, that's one of the great places, that's one of the, the, the great platforms that God has given us to shine brightly for Him doing our good works. In the workforce, at the workplace. If there is such a thing as a workplace. That's just home now, right? And car. But now I know some of, some of us are back at, the, back at the office and those kinds. But, but it's not, it's, it, it doesn't matter what place it is. It's when we are working with other people, we still have the opportunity to shine for Christ in whatever kind of work that is. Students, same thing goes, goes for you as far as school. God has, has put together opportunities for you in your schools to shine brightly for Him as you do your good works as a new creature in Christ. He's put you there for that very reason. Oh yes, you're getting an education, but you're also there 
to do the good works that God has prepared in advance for you to do. And so when you go to school on Tuesday, and you thank God that you don't have to tomorrow, but as you go on Tuesday, remember, God has some stuff for you to do that's going to allow you to shine for Him and to bring Him the glory that He deserves for doing the great work that He's done in your life in Jesus Christ. You're going to get to say something to somebody who, who doesn't have any idea what you're talking about. You're going you're gonna to have an opportunity to thank God for something. And they're going to say, why'd you do that? And then you get to explain to them that God is the source of all the good gifts that we have in our lives. And when something good happens, we ought to thank God. A lot of people don't even think about God. They never, even, they never crosses their mind to give Him thanks. And you get to introduce them to that concept, that wonderful concept, and that will also be the beginning point of helping them understand their need for a Savior because they're going to recognize that you know God, just like we were singing about. Your fellow students are going to recognize, that, wait a minute, you actually know God? And you can explain to them, yes, because of what He did for us through His Son, Jesus Christ. You can know Him, and not just now, but forever. And that He'll forgive us of all of our sins every single thing that we've ever done. And all of that can happen because you're shining for Christ, because you're doing your good works at school, in the relationships that you have with your your fellow students, with your teammates, with your your fellow drama um, participants, and all the different things that you're in. You'll have the opportunity in those places, with those people, to shine for Christ because God did his work in you so that you can do the good works that honor him. I mentioned that some of us are fulfilling this statement of purpose in our lives even this morning. Did you know that worshiping the Lord, that praising the Lord is one of the good works that he has created us to do? One of the things that he's prepared in advance for us to do. This is this is an optional behavior for those of us who believe in Jesus. This is what he's called us to do. And so if you've been worshiping him this morning with your heart, that's why I say some of us because I know all of us all of us aren't here in heart necessarily. Sometimes we 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 go through the motions and we're not and we're not really worshiping him. But all of us who are worshiping him from our hearts, all of us who know him, who have received him, we can do good works when we just come together and lift up his name in praise. The writer of Hebrews, in the 13th chapter of that that letter, said, continue to offer to God the sacrifice of praise. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. He also says, and don't forget to do good to others and to serve them. He included that in this good works. And so there's another picture of the life of those of us who believe saved to work, not just on the job, Not just at school, not just at a worship service at a church on a Sunday morning, 
but he also has ordained for us to do good for others and to share with them our lives and our stuff. Whatever it is that God has given us that we can serve someone else with is, is included in these good works that God has, has prepared in advance for us to do. And you don't have to go looking for opportunities. Remember, God is the Lord of these things. He's the one who, who puts us in the right place at the right time. Have you ever noticed how often that takes place? Where you happen to be at the right place to help the person who happened to need exactly what you had to offer? That's no coincidence. That's the sovereign Lord who made you for good works, putting you in position to do those things at just the right time, in just the right way, with the, with the resources that he has given you to use for his glory. You see, those of us who know Christ, those of us who have received his gift of salvation by his mercy and grace, we recognize that we no longer live for ourselves. But we live for him who called us, who bought us, who saved us, who has made all of these promises to us. And as we live for him, then he uses us to shine in such a way that others will also give him the praise and the honor. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Do you see the connection? Other people at work, at school, at church, in our neighborhoods, strangers that we meet and just happen to be the right person at the right time for whatever their need is. Every time we do our good works before men, they have the opportunity to find out from us how a person can actually know God, how a person can actually be forgiven of their sins, how a person can really know that they have eternal life. They have that opportunity to find that out from us. And they then can begin to live their life for the same purpose that we do, for the glory of God. Being recreated, given new life, as we talked about last week in the Holy Spirit and by the Holy Spirit, they also can live their lives bringing honor and glory to God who deserves all the honor and the glory. But the only way that happens is by God using his people who have knowledge of his word, living in obedience to his call in our lives as his workmanship, living life among them so that they can know that they also can know God and live a life to honor him. Now, some of the people that have come to your mind this morning as I'm talking about that, you think, no, that guy's too far gone. There's no way that, that she's ever going to come to know Christ. It, it wouldn't matter what good thing I did. It wouldn't matter what kind of explanation I did. You don't know how bad that person is. And my only answer to that is, look around you right now. Or, if you don't want to look around, it's not, that's kind of rude, I know. Then read, read about yourself 
in Ephesians 2, uh, 1 through 3 again. Remember who you were before you met Christ. Remember how unreachable you were before you met Christ. Remember how unlikely it would have been for you to have put your trust in Jesus. But somebody said something or somebody did something that got your attention, that helped you realize what you can do. And what you found out was nothing but believe. Because Jesus did it all. And that person in your life that came to your mind that's too, too full of sin or too, um, too mean or too hateful or whatever the situation is that, that even makes you think that, you'll find that just like the Apostle Paul, the author of Ephesians that we read this morning, a man who used to kill Christians for a living, as unlikely a character as could ever be saved, you'll find that nobody is beyond the reach of God's mercy and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he's called us as his workmanship. Remember what that means. He did this to you. He made you like this. He gave you the gifts and the abilities and the personality and all the things he's given. He's given you the jobs and he's given you the resources. He's given you the families. He did this. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good work that he has prepared in advance for us to do. Live for his glory. Remember, that's what he's called us to do. Do the good things that he brings across your path to do. Again, whether it's at work or school or on the ball team or at church, in your neighborhood, with your family. Do the good things that he provides for you to do, and he will be glorified as a result, not only from your life, but also from everybody who sees and hears what your life is about, demonstrated through the way that you live your life for his glory. Let's bow together for a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you again this morning on this Labor Day weekend that we can think a little bit about the labor of our Lord Jesus Christ for us. Described by your grace, your gift to us. You, Lord Jesus, doing all the work and us receiving all the benefits because you love us so much. But Father, we not only see the work of Christ as we think about Labor Day, we also see the work that we can do. Not that we can add to what he's done, not that we can deserve any of what he's given us, but that now that we're believers, now that we've been created in Christ Jesus, to do these good works that you can live through us in such a way that we can shine before others and that not only will you be glorified through us doing what we're supposed to do, doing what you've provided for us to do, doing what you've gifted us to do, doing what you've resourced us to do, 
but others will also begin to live their lives for your glory. And then others that they meet and others that they work around, others that they do good things for and with, can also come to know you. And on and on it goes, just as it went with us, so it will go with others. So, Father, we pray that you'd help us to take our opportunities and our responsibilities seriously. That we will recognize that that is what we're here for. Not to to use up this time, not to use up this life selfishly, but to remember that you've recreated us in Christ Jesus to live our lives for you. And Father, we lift up those who are here this morning who haven't yet put their trust in Jesus. Help them to know that there's no reason to wait. They've heard about your love demonstrated in your son Jesus. They've heard that he died for their sins and he rose again victorious, giving everyone who believes in him freedom from sin, and the gift of eternal life. Help them to believe in him today. Help them to receive him today. Saying, yes, Jesus, I need you. And Father, we thank you for the work of your Holy Spirit, who not only comes into our lives the moment we receive Jesus, but also fills us every time we confess our sins to you. Empowering us to live these lives for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing one more song as the praise team comes back up. And as we sing this song, this is a reminder of why we live. And as we're singing it, if you've put your trust in Christ this morning or sometime recently, and you've never let anybody know about it, we'd encourage you to come on up. Uh, We won't get too close, but we'll let the rest of the body uh, be encouraged and encourage you. The Word of God says that that when one person puts their trust in Christ, the angels in heaven rejoice. Well, the body of Christ also wants to rejoice. And so we'd love to rejoice with you and encourage you in your new life in Christ. Maybe you're already a believer in Christ and you want to join the fellowship here of Midway Community Church. Come down and let us know that as well. And uh, we'll welcome you and introduce you uh, to this body as we serve God together according to this call that we've read this morning on our lives. But to God be the glory as we sing it. Let's stand together and sing.